0: Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. Welcome back to this Monday night edition of Corbett Report Radio here on republicbroadcasting.org. Once again, I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you today as every day from the sunny climes of western Japan, where it is getting progressively hotter and more humid. So for those of you watching the video version of this radio broadcast at CorbettReport.com, you'll excuse the excessive sweating and the occasional swig of a glass of water. Um, but uh, wherever you are in the world tonight, I hope you're staying cool and uh, staying, well, uh, contented enough to be able to listen to a fascinating conversation, because that's what we have lined up for you again this evening. Tonight we're going to be speaking with Suzanne Posel of OccupyCorporatism.com. And I imagine many of you have probably already seen this website by now. It is certainly making the rounds, and a lot of her hard-hitting articles are getting spread widely online. But for those of you who haven't yet seen it, uh, you can go and play along at home if you're following online, OccupyCorporatism.com, and you can see some of the very excellent articles there. But before we bring Suzanne up tonight, I wanted to start off by giving a bit of an explanation for those of you who might be wondering. I also explained this at the beginning of my podcast episode at CorbettReport.com this week. But uh, last week, as you may or may not have noticed, last Thursday and Friday, my website was down and completely offline and I just want to uh, clarify what that was about. Basically, the web server pretty much melted down. Uh, we have uh, so many people now trying to download uh, these huge video and audio files from CorbettReport.com that the server that CorbettReport.com was being hosted on basically just melted down. And, uh, and it was on its last legs anyway, and we certainly helped it uh, kick the bucket in grand style. And uh, and so, unfortunately, that meant two whole days of the website being down, which was uh, pretty disappointing, to say the least. Vexing, one might say. But uh, a- as people may or may not know, the Corbett Report website is being hosted on EuroVPS. That's a web hosting company based in Europe. They donated the server to CorbettReport.com back at the beginning of 2010. And uh, because of that, I was able to, for the last couple of years or a year and a half or however long it's been, uh, been able to host CorbettReport.com on their server completely for free, which is an incredible blessing because, uh, for those of you out there who don't know, it's quite expensive to host a website and to do it semi-reliably at the very least, which, uh, certainly their server was doing. Uh, because this server basically, uh, is gone now, it's gone to a better place in, uh, in techno heaven or wherever, uh, uh, web servers go to die, uh, we've been shunted off into a cloud server. So now CorbettReport.com is being served th- through a cloud server at EuroVPS. All of this is a lot of techno babble for those of you out there who may not know or care about any of this, but I just wanted to explain this so that A, you know what was happening last week when the uh, the site was offline for two days, and B, also because I need your guys' help out there to help me assess whether or not this new server that we're on is going to uh, live up to the task of being able to meet our needs with all of the people out there who are downloading these radio shows, and as I say, the videos, of course, getting larger and larger, as we're doing hour-long videos, etc. now. It's an incredible strain on any server, so I just want to make sure that this server that we're on now is up to the task. And I did notice when we first got on the server last Saturday that it was extremely slow, and it was taking me hours to download files that used to take minutes um, but since then i have downloaded several video files and several audio files and they've all gone extremely quickly in fact quicker than they were going before so i'm not sure what's happening i'm not sure if there was a momentary problem with the new server or if this is something that's cyclic or periodic or what it is so for all of you out there who are downloading these uh, radio broadcasts and videos, etc., from CorbettReport.com, just let me know uh, through the contact form how these are getting to you, whether it's uh, coming to you quickly or whether it's taking longer than normal. And uh, with your guys' help out there, we'll be able to sort this out and hopefully continue with the free hosting. If not, we might have to pay for another server. On that note, we'll get that jargon out of the way, and let's go to OccupyCorporatism.com after this break. So just stay tuned right there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Corporate Report Radio, friends, where we are rocking in the free world tonight at CorbettReport.com, which, once again, is up and running now. So thank you all for your patience last week as the site was down. And tonight we'll turn to our conversation with Suzanne Posel of OccupyCorporatism.com. Once again, for people who haven't taken a look at this website yet, I suggest you do so. Lots of well-researched and very informative articles on a very wide ver- variety of topics. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about eugenics and the uh, Transhuman Agenda and Agenda 21 and the UN and some of the other topics that we've talked about here on the program before, but we're going to be getting into specifically some of this uh, great research that uh, Suzanne has been doing. So let's bring her up. I understand she's waiting on the line. Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, let me just confirm so that I don't go the entire episode uh, mispronouncing your name. It is Suzanne Posel.
1: You got it
0: right. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, once again, OccupyCorporatism.com com is the place to go for Suzanne's work. But let's uh, let's start by talking about the site. Um, I understand it's not it's not so old. It's a relatively new site. So let's talk about how it came together and how you started this.
1: Well, uh, I just got sick of hearing all the propaganda in the mainstream. Um, I just decided to write my own articles. I I wanted people to know what's really going on. I wanted people to know what they're not telling us or or what they mention arbitrarily in the middle of the article but don't really uh, elaborate on who's funding who, who's doing what, the the guys behind the scenes. Like in Syria right now, um, it's come out that the CFR is completely behind the Syrian opposition forces like the Syrian National Council, and uh, and the, the Free Syrian Army, they, they've got this uh, project that they've been working on for, uh, I think, a few decades. And they finally have gotten it manifested into the real world. And they're funding it through Soros, and they're funding it through Goldman Sachs. And uh, these are things that, that they touch upon in the mainstream media. They, they mention the CFR as a, um, a an harmless globalist think tank. Or they don't say globalist, but... A harmless think tank in New York City, no big deal. Uh, but but Hillary Clinton is a member of the CFR, and a lot of people have seen the YouTube video where she thanks them for giving her information so she knows what to think and and how to act on foreign relations. I think that's a very telling um, uh, that that's very telling of of how much influence they actually have. So I just I just decided to write my own articles and uh, put them out, and I got a following. Um, I became a contributor on Activist Post uh, before it's News, Infowars, Prison Planet, um, Intel Hub just picked me up as a as a regular contributor, and um, the Center for Research on Globalization also just picked me up. So you can see my articles on those websites as well
0: absolutely, and it's an impressive roster of websites, certainly, and once again, I think this speaks to what can happen if uh, just one person just decides to, to stop uh, the this flow of lies and the steady stream of lies that are coming through the mainstream wires and just start writing their own uh, articles, so I think that's, again, something that I hope listeners will take to heart and un- understand that uh, just one person can start a website and truly make a difference. So I, I'm glad that you did so, and I, I, I don't know about yourself, but certainly for myself, I came from more of a mainstream political background before I started finding out about this type of information and decided to start the Corbett Report. Uh, I think that this really does speak to the, the transformative power of the Internet as a tool for communication to completely do an end run around the ways that information has been blockaded for the last, well, several decades at the very least, if not centuries. Um, what's, what's your take on how the Internet is transforming the political discourse?
1: I think it's not being utilized to its to its ability. Um, I, I think that uh, unfortunately, we've been dumbed down by the public schools and even the private schools who take money from the government. They have to play ball. Um, we're constantly being bombarded with uh, chemicals in our food and our water, and uh, people should not mistake the power of fluoride. Uh, fluoride is a; um, it makes you docile and dumb, and it, it keeps you from uh having those feelings that that make you want to fight back and uh we're we're constantly being delphied uh in our in our homes in our neighborhoods in our social networks where we don't want to speak out we don't want to go against the herd we want to keep our head down and keep going forward with the rest of the sheep and uh and I think that the the internet is now being attacked at a at a pivotal point where uh we're starting to wake up um and, and we're not utilizing the power that we have, and it's, it's going to be taken from us very shortly. So we really have to get on it, and, and if you're going to do something, just do it now. You know, even if it's just starting a Facebook page where you're reposting other people's articles um, and getting people to, to look at things that they normally wouldn't have looked at before, uh, do it now because it's going to, it'll come to an end very quickly, and then we won't have it and it'll be like those oral traditions where we talk about those days when we uh, had the Internet, and uh, we'll have to remember this stuff offhand. We won't have the, the plethora of websites to go to, to to gather information.
0: Well, I fear that you're right, but I, I agree with you. I think that that's really a call to action instead of a call to stand down, and I think people should make it the most of it while they can. Well, you raise the specter of biochemical attacks through fluoride in the water supply and other, other types of uh, ways that the, the our human bodies are, are under attack. So I want to turn to an article that you posted back a few days ago on OccupyCorporatism.com called Vaccine Experiment in Cambodia." Produced mystery disease, and it starts out by saying the Pasteur, Pasteur Institute of Cambodia is claiming that they found Enterovirus 71, or hand foot mouth disease, in 15 of the 31 children sampled since June of this year. Let's talk a little bit about this article and what it exposes about this WHO program.
1: Well, who likes to go into third world countries and conduct human experiments? It goes all the way back. AIDS. Um, I've written a lot of articles on AIDS, and I've got another one coming out this week about the AIDS vaccine. Through my research, and I know a lot of people have, have done research on this, um, but through my research I found that AIDS was a bioweapon that was produced in government labs and pervaded onto the African people in the early 80s, in 1979 and 80s. Uh, as a smallpox vaccine init- initiative by the World Health or- Organization. Prior to that, there were no documented cases of AIDS. And all of a sudden, people started coming down with AIDS. And then there was the initiative in San Francisco, where all of a sudden, um, homosexual men were coming down with AIDS. And I, I think that uh, when it comes to, like, Merck and uh, Pfizer and all these other corporations, they go into these third-world nations where they don't have access to health care, and they coerce with the government, and then they p- conduct these experiments to get the FDA approval back in the United States. But these people are getting what they're, what they're thinking of as healthcare, care, uh, which is really just uh, the, 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 uh, the corporations trying to get the approval, so that they can sell their drugs on a national, on a global level. And these people are are dying. They're coming down with other kinds of diseases. Hand, foot, and mouth disease is highly contagious, And none of the healthcare workers who who worked with these children came down with it. It's not hand, foot, and mouth disease. It's something else. And I think that they were experimenting on these children, like they did in Pakistan, um, the World Health Organization, And Bill Gates went in and vaccinated uh, with non-polio, with polio vaccine. And 10,000 Pakistani children came down with non-polio paralysis right after they were vaccinated. And these children in Cambodia also came down with non-polio paralysis. So I kind of scratched my head and I was like, hmm, wait a minute. This sounds like a human experiment. And that, you know, to us went awry. But to the globalists, it it just went perfectly according to plan because they want to depopulate these densely populated areas anyway.
0: Well, just to clarify, uh, was that Gates vaccine, uh, polio vaccine uh, trial in in Pakistan or in India? He did, too. Ah, I see.
1: He he killed 10,000 children in Pakistan uh, with Gavi. And then the World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation went into India again Uh, A couple of years later, I think maybe close to a decade later, um, and and did it again. And these children, again, came down with uh, non-polio paralysis, which, you know, the doctors at the time said, well, it couldn't have been the vaccine because the vaccine is against polio, and this is non-polio paralysis. But if every child vaccinated is coming down with a, with a, a different kind of disease, then it has to be attributed to the vaccine. They were perfectly healthy before the vaccine. And then all of a sudden, all the kids that were vaccinated come down with the same disease. This is not rocket science, you know. There was something in the vaccine. They were probably testing something to see if it worked. Uh, it either worked to their advantage or, or it didn't. Um, as far as uh, getting out into the, into the media, I don't think it worked to their advantage. Um, but uh, they obviously experimented on these people and got what they wanted. And, and uh, I don't see any arresting, so I guess they got away with it.
0: <laughs> unfortunately so well uh you you raise uh gavi with the global alliance for vaccines and immunizations for people out there who haven't heard of this alliance perhaps you can tell them what it is
1: uh it's it's just an arm of the u.n uh they're in charge of uh they work with the world health organization and they're in charge of working with uh um pharmaceutical corporations and um getting uh, healthcare or, or anything that they need from, it, it, under the guise of donations from the, from the pharmaceutical companies. But this is all premeditated. Pharmaceutical companies have a, uh, a, a drug that they want to, um, test. Like Pfizer had a drug that they wanted, a meningitis drug that they wanted to test the vaccine. And it just so happened that, um, meningitis was found in Africa. And so Pfizer said, wow, well, we just have a vaccine that we could just try. And the government said, sure, go ahead and come in and vaccinate everybody. And, it, and a bunch of people got sick. Uh, uh, I think 10 or 12 children died or, uh, um, and more became uh, deathly ill and, and seriously impaired because of it.
0: Unfortunately, something that we see more and more often in more and more cases. So let's continue exploring this on the other side. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back friends, here we are on this Monday night edition of Corbett Report Radio, talking to Suzanne Posel of OccupyCorporatism.com. We're talking about some of the stories that she's working on right now, and some of the things that are up on the front page right now. So if you go to OccupyCorporatism.com, you'll be able to see some of these articles that we're talking about, again, on a wide range of subjects, from geoengineering to health to science politics united nations propaganda agenda 21 eugenics uh, just you name it um she's covering it so it's great to have her here this evening and if you'd like to join in on the conversation and talk about some of these stories one eight hundred three one three nine four four three 313 9443 that's 1-800-313-9443 will get you up and on the air so Suzanne, let's let's turn back to this and before we get off this this particular topic the vaccine experiment in Cambodia produced mystery disease and talking about all of the things associated with this you do raise the specter, I think, of of something that we cover here in in some depth, and we've we've talked about quite a bit. But that's because I really do think it's one of the uh, the driving ideologies of the so-called uh, would-be elite, and that's the the eugenics craze by which they they truly do want to eliminate vast swaths of the population that they don't believe to be worthy of carrying on uh, humanity's DNA into the future. So let's talk about what motivates the the Bill and Melinda Gateses and the the Rockefellers and all of these these people people. people who have been obsessed for for years and decades and even generations when we start looking at the Rockefeller family to try to eradicate large parts of the population.
1: Well, as far as Bill and Melinda Gates, you know, Bill's uh, got a history with Planned Parenthood, which was started by uh, Bill Gates' father and Margaret Sanger here in the United States. And Margaret Sanger uh, vehemently denounced population, uh, um, people just procreating just because they want to. Um, She didn't think that anybody who was black or brown should have the right to procreate. Um, Anybody who had any history of mental disease or disorders of any kind in their family should be able to procreate. And they had uh, eugenics courts uh, started in the 1920s, which has now morphed into our family court system. So anybody who has had the unfortunate uh, run-ins with family court and CPS, well, that's, that's the new modern version of the eugenics court. And that's why CPF loves to take your children from you and really doesn't want to give them back and likes to uh, um, vaccinate them, uh, uh, take um, uh, parental rights from you, and uh, um, use drugs on, on children as small as um, infants, even younger than a year old, are given pharmaceutical psychotropic drugs that are only given to adults that don't even have um, uh, the abilities they haven't been tested on small children so they don't even know what the dosage is and these children end up going back to their parents in worse shape than they did when they came out um, but Melinda Gates is a IBM baby uh, she, she's from the IBM corporation and they help Nazis uh, computerize their concentration camps so they could uh, you know keep records of how many people they were killing, and uh, give them a computer system so that they could do that. And so that's where they—that's where the history, um, through my research, is—is is where they come from. It's, it's, it's a family tradition. They're just—they're just, they're just uh, carrying on the family business, so to speak.
0: Yes, it's uh, funny the ways that the histories of IBM and Microsoft converge, and how Microsoft kind of sprang up, fully formed, from the head of Zeus, or so we're expected to believe. But uh, certainly an interesting um, connection there. And of course, uh, Bill's mother was also on the board of United Way with an IBM executive, so... I think there are a a number of connections there to be explored but as you indicate this is something that goes back a long while with uh with people like uh uh, ibm founder i'm gonna say james watson i think that was the co-discoverer of dna i'm getting my watsons confused perhaps but certainly um the (laughs) ibm corporation has been absolutely in the heart of that as well as of course the rockefeller foundation and the rockefeller family with john d rockefeller iii starting the population council out of the carcass of the american eugenics society which was deposed in the wake right. of the uh, Nazi atrocities. So unfortunately we see this just continuing on. But for people who are still caught in the matrix and don't really know about this history and the people who are skeptical, and by all means, people should be skeptical of what we're saying and check into it for themselves. But what do you say to the people who come along and say, well, yes, there may have been a vaccine program here or there that, that may, may have incidentally caused a bit of polio, but but in the end, it's all for the greater good and, and with the things that Bill and Melinda Gates are doing with malaria, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it's, it's all so incredibly benevolent. What do you say to people like that?
1: Well, our human immune system is able to uh, combat any disease. And if you give yourself the right nutrients and the, uh, the, the right uh, vitamins, um, the right exposure to sun for the vitamin D, you only need about 30 minutes of direct exposure to the sun to get the right amount of vitamin D and photosynthesis that you need. But if you do all of those things, you have no need for the doctors or the pharmaceutical companies. Um, you would only need to go to maybe a homeopath or maybe if you needed some uh, acute medical care, like if you broke an arm or something. Uh, but your body has the ability to even fight off cancer. Max Gerson proved that in the 1920s and was ridiculed by the American Medical Association. And uh, his daughter, Charlotte Gerson, has carried on his work um, under the radar. But... Uh, So the pharmaceutical companies own all of the medical schools that your doctors go to. They own all of the medical journals that your doctors read. And your doctors only know how to manage your health care. They do not know anything about nutrition. They go to like a course for like three hours.
0: And And unfortunately, that is pretty much the extent of of their training and their background in that. Of course, uh, they're not about uh, actually preventing the, the diseases. They're about hearing them in quotation marks all right let's take another short break we'll be back th- again discussing occupycorporatism.com with suzanne Posel once again if you want to get in 1-800-313-9443 we'll be back right after this break all right friends we're back here on corbett report radio once again i'm james corbett of corbett Tonight we're talking to Suzanne Posel of OccupyCorporatism.com, and we're going through some of the excellent articles that she has there. So once again, I hope you will go there for more news and information with articles coming out on pretty much a daily basis. So let's, let's move on from the next uh, logical uh, point from that discussion about vaccines. For example, the vaccine trial in uh, Can- Cambodia giving rise to a... Strange new disease. Well, let's, let's talk about uh, a completely uh, different or even altogether more scary idea, which is the type of ways that this technology will continue to expand into our lives and continue to become even more, uh, more powerful and more really scary when we start thinking about the types of people who are wielding it. And on that note, we have this article again on occupycorporatism.com, Addiction Vaccines scientists use human experiment, experimentation to advance transhumanist agenda. So this is uh, goes back to Humanity Plus and the transhumanist agenda that we've talked about before on this program. But let's, let's bring everyone to the same page. What exactly are we talking about with transhumanism, and how does it play into this new type of vaccine technology?
1: You read my mind. This is the perfect segue. Um, what they're trying to do is create a vaccine for anything. They, uh, the World Health Organization came out and said that overweight people are likened to, at least in the United States alone, um, every fat person, if you took all of their fat and added it up, it was likened to a billion people, a billion extra people on the planet. And so they have come up with a, uh, a obesity vaccine that will attack your brain's ability to um, register hunger from your body. Your body sends a message and your stomach sends a message to your brain that you're hungry. This will suppress it. Um, the problem is, is that this uh, the suppressants that they're using, and I cannot remember uh, the exact uh, receptor. Um, but what it does is it affects your liver, it affects other organs' functions, it affects your stomach functions, it causes other problems, uh, and, and it's very detrimental. And what they're doing is rewiring your brain so that you can behave the way that they want you to. And this goes back to Agenda 21, where people like Ted Turner say that, well, they're using up all of our resources, or we're eating too much food, and uh, they're having problems producing food, they're saying. Uh, uh, the UN just went into Africa and did a huge land grab and sent in corporations to, to uh, use the land and agricultural purposes. And so the Africans are working on the land. They were, they were employed, um, but they're not allowed to eat any the food. It's going to be sold on, on the global market. So they're, they're worried about how much food that they're going to have to allocate, allocate out to people. And uh, without outright starving everybody to death, they're just going to vaccinate you so that you're not hungry and you don't use up all of their resources.
0: And this is just yeah. one way of,
1: of transhumanism. It's just one way of, of dealing with things that are natural, It's natural to get upset when someone dies. Um, It's not natural to become an automaton and not have any emotions at all that are all vaccinated away because these vaccines are eating at the receptors in your brain that cause you to behave like a normal human being.
0: Well, it's pretty horrific to think of the things that they're really capable of doing now with these types of technologies that are so far out there in science fiction la-la land that most people probably won't even believe that this is really actually happening. And and I think the incredulity that a lot of people have with this is in a way a good thing, because at people it shows that people are still wary of this technology, still uncomfortable with the idea of rewiring our brains through vaccines and uh, it'll be a hard sell to the general public i think with this type of technology and a few years ago i probably would have believed that that kind of sell would have been pretty much impossible as people just have this natural tendency to to feel the ick factor when it comes to you know changing our our biochemistry and our even our brains etc but the way that i've seen technology been being rolled out over the past several years i in fact would not be surprised if they were able to do this what kinds of conditioning do you think the public has been under and will continue to be under to accept more and more of these types of technological advances?
1: In my research, it's the subliminal messaging in the music, in the books, in the in the television, in the movies. You know, you sit in, in a movie theater and you watch a movie, and you become, you become emotionally attached to the actors in the movie. And we've been conditioned to behave like we see people on television behave and people in movies behave. And this is not natural. These are actors. This is not real. This is a, a, a stage that they're producing. But they're conditioning you to, to behave a certain way. And what they're using is the Delphi technique, which uses peer pressure against you. When you go into community meetings um, in your local communities when you're talking about Agenda 21, they use the Delphi technique to separate people and use peer pressure against them so that they'll go for the initiative and go ahead and sign on to this idea, so that they can go ahead and build the, the mega cities and, and the, uh, the, the, the small micro apartments that Bloomberg is trying to get past uh, for 2014 in, in New York. I just covered that story, and um, we use the Delphi technique in our everyday natural world. Our, you know we don't argue with our we don't even engage with our neighbors anymore. Uh, we're, we're like nastasy. We call the police. We, we, call the, uh, we call CPS if we hear a noise. Um, we, we, don't, we certainly don't confront each other on any level, whether it's negative or positive. And, uh, and, and that's a very big problem. We don't have a sense of community anymore, so we feel alone. And so we gravitate toward these, these uh, celebrities that we think we know that are just playing a part and that part is to condition us into thinking in certain ways that are unnatural. And we know they're unnatural because we're, we're aggressive, um, we're, we're stressed out, we're nervous, we're anxious, uh, because we're not engaging with each other anymore. We don't have human contact. We're on Facebook. We're sitting behind the computer. We're sitting behind the television. Uh, we don't talk to our husbands and wives anymore. We don't sit down for a meal and shut off the television and talk to our children anymore. This is a very powerful tool that the globalists use, and they've perfected it. And like you said, they they run all the universities, uh, from from the government laboratories all the way down to Harvard and Yale and, and all the psychological universities, the universities of study psychology. Uh, they run it all. So they've got massive amounts of research. They know you better than you do, and they know exactly how to tweak you, whether it's through a vaccine or through social means. To get you to behave
0: the way that they want you to. Sadly, correct. And I see the rollout of such things as the uh, the Google glasses, and of course, Apple is also working on their their version of that. And I just see us getting more and more put into that matrix. And I guess for everyone, it's a, it's a question of that where they draw that line in the sand and say, "I will not continue to go down this road uh, into this uh, this this transhuman agenda path that they've created for us." What, what about your own personal line in the sand on this? Is there is there some point at which this technology just becomes untenable for you?
1: Well, we don't have a television in our house. Um, we don't. Uh, the children, I, I homeschool my children, um, and my five-year-old can uh, do even basic, uh, he understands cosmology and, and uh, basic theoretical quantum physics and, and things like that. I don't... Uh, Keep anything from him. Um, he, he knows what's in the vaccines, and he, we don't eat any fast food. Um, we try to eat as much local, uh, locally grown organic food as possible. Uh, we use um, filters for our water. Um, and I just have decided uh, to stop complying with the system. Uh, it, it's rigged from top to bottom. There is not one aspect of the system that we live in that is not uh, in some way tweaked by the globalists. They've got their tentacles in every aspect of it. So I just don't comply at all. And I encourage okay. everybody else to-
0: And I think that is truly the most powerful uh, thing that we have to fight back against the system, is simply not to go along with it, because it gains its energy from us. So I think you're exactly right. We have to withdraw ourselves from that uh, system that they're creating and promoting, and trying to shove down our throats. Well, let's let's take a look at the agenda, broadly defined, and this is uh, something that you write about quite a bit on Occupy Corporatism. You've got a big section on the United Nations, and Agenda 21 specifically. We hear a lot about... Agenda 21 in a vague and nebulous way, but perhaps you can really break down what is this Agenda 21 and how is it being implemented?
1: It is the absolute blueprint of the, the United Nations, which is the, the uh, international front for the globalist elite. It is how they're going to depopulate the planet, use uh, environmentalism to coerce everybody into following their agendas, stick us into these mega cities. Um, in America alone, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have seen the map where there are cordoned-off areas. 75% of America will be cordoned off into non-habitable zones. Um, and I just wrote an article about the nuclear reactors with Fukushima and what happened with Chernobyl. And 25 years later, interestingly, uh, it's been rewilded. The animals don't seem to be affected um, there are no mutations from the from the radiation. Now, I'm not condoning high doses of radiation or exposure to it, um, but but they are not showing any signs of, um, of mutation from the radiation as far as being able to procreate or exist. You know, they don't have an extra leg or, or an extra arm or anything. Um, the entire area has been rewilded, and it started me thinking, well, they want to create a situation where they want... Seventy-five percent of the land, at least in America, to be uninhabitable for humans. Um, These globalists are really sick. And I just thought, well, all of these reactors are going into total disarray. They're 20 years beyond their mark. Uh, GE created the Mark I, which is what Fukushima was based on, and a lot of the reactors here in the United States. And they were only for um, for 20 years and they were built in the 1970s, the early 1970s. And so they're beyond their mark. They need to be either taken down or, or rebuilt. And they're going to melt down. They're going to self-destruct. And the globalists who have, um, have so much money invested in it seem to be allowing them to waste away. Now at the Earth Summit this past June, they were pushing renewable energy. And they got $50 billion from governments and private sector corporations for Agenda 21 renewable resources um, energy that they're going to start pushing. Um, GE has PRISM, which it would be like a little... It's a little tiny nuclear reactor they would put in your neighborhood, and it would run 240,000 homes, respectively, with 300 watts allocated to each home. It would be a tiny nuclear reactor in your neighborhood. Um... So while they're letting all of these uh, reactors go to waste, and we're seeing them uh, leaking into our groundwater and poisoning us and releasing uh, radioactive material, which is highly carcinogenic and causes cancer, they don't seem to be affected by that. Because if, if they wanted to create areas where people would not be able to live, what better way than to just let it melt down, let the, let the reactor melt down, have a, a nuclear wasteland, which would then rewild itself in 25 years, like we've seen with Chernobyl, and they'd get what they want, and then they'd have to move all the humans into these densely populated cities, which they're already planning anyway by 2050.
0: Well, this is an interesting theory, but I, I would have to beg to differ on some of the points here. For example, um, you mentioned the Chernobyl Exclusion Zone, which is a 30-kilometer radiation uh, area around uh, Chernobyl, which is a no-go zone for humans because of the disaster that took place there in 1986. And uh, there's just been a new study that's been published. It was written up on uh, NewYorkTimes.com, but you can go to the actual original study. And it's talking about uh, Fukushima versus Chernobyl and and the animals' uh, populations there. And uh, this study, for example, found that in Fukushima, the abundance of birds, butterflies, and cicadas had decreased significantly as the level of radiation increased. Uh, bumblebees, dragonflies, and grasshoppers were not affected by the release of radioactive materials. And surprisingly, spiders actually increased in abundance with the rise in radiation. But in Chernobyl, all of the animals decreased with increasing levels of background radiation. And the doctor who was leading this uh, study, Dr. Musso, said that we think this is because of a combination of both direct radiotoxicity and mutation accumulation. So I think it would be an incorrect reading of things to to say that there has not been an effect on the, the wildlife population around Chernobyl. And uh, the idea that uh, that nuclear uh, disasters are going to be used to create these exclusion zones, I mean, I, I understand that certainly Agenda 21 does call for rewilding and making vast swaths of the American continent off uh, off limits to human activity but i don't think that 20 or 30 kilometers around these nuclear power plants is is really what this o- is about i i honestly think this is about nuclear uh, technology being unstable and certainly I, I agree there is definitely the push for the alternative en- energies which is mostly a scam especially when it comes to wind power and solar uh, generation which are simply not going to be able to really take over from the burden of the uh high energy levels we need. But uh, but certainly here in Japan, I think there's the huge potential for geothermal energy, which uh, even the Japanese government admits there's a 30,000% increase that would be very easily possible in geothermal production. And uh, uh, the tidal power is another alternative energy which is coming to fruition. They're starting to work on it. And that would be, I think, a much, much, much more reliable t- form of alternative energy. So I'm not sure if I'm with you on this story.
1: That's okay. (laughs) I I appreciate your research. I'll I'll go ahead and look into that myself.
0: (laughs) All right, excellent. Well, let's move along to to some of the other Agenda 21-type aspects of what you're writing about. For example, a micro-apartment scheme being beta-tested in NYC. What is this about?
1: Well, Mayor Bloomberg uh, started an initiative he wants by 2014 in the Kisep Bay Bay, uh, area to be demolished and rebuilt with these high rise towers. He's calling for designers and engineers to build uh apartment buildings that would be three hundred square feet. Um, it would be a glorified bathroom. And uh they want to move um, what they're they're the globalists like to do things incrementally, so they're advertising this to single people, um, whether elderly or young or anyone in between. Um to go ahead and live in these, they'll be allocated to mass transit, uh, bicycle riding, they'll be state-of-the-art, you know, probably they'll have uh, furniture that comes in and out of the walls so that you don't feel like you are cramped in your glorified bathroom, and uh, they're going to lower the price uh, to make it affordable for people, to make it attractive for people to go ahead and move in. And and this is Agenda 21 happening right now. Agenda 21 is not in some distant future. It's happening globally right now. Um, I'm also working on stories about eco-cities that are built right now in China, in India, in Brazil, uh, based on and funded by the UN um, and overseen by the UN, where they are building um, cities that reduce Uh, the buildings themselves would actually control the amount of energy and water that you are allowed to use. That is phenomenal to me. So if you don't, I guess if you don't have enough carbon credits, you can't take a hot shower or take a shower at
0: all exactly and of course that ties into the uh, global smart grid that's being constructed and is being put into place right now in america where uh, obama has talked about well in the future if you are if you're too hot you're not going to be able to turn up your air, co- air conditioning as much as you want etc cetera, etc cetera. so you're right this is right. happening right now and it is uh, it is definitely part of the agenda well again let's take uh, our final break and we'll be back to wrap things up once again talking to suzanne Posel of dot we'll be back in just a moment Welcome back, <laughs> friends, to the final minutes of this edition of Corbett Report Radio here on Republic Broadcasting. Once again, I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we've been talking to Suzanne Posel of OccupyCorporatism.com. Once again, if you have not gone there, I suggest you do go there and take a look at some of the stories there on the front page and explore the archives. Again, lots and lots of different stories on a lot of different topics that all do seem to tie in together as part of that bigger, bigger picture, the bigger agenda of enslavement that we look at day in and day out here on CorbettReport.com. And of course, the solution, as Suzanne was talking about earlier, is to withdraw ourselves from that system. So that has to be kept in mind at all times. But just in the final few minutes here, uh, Suzanne, uh, we've had a pretty wide-ranging conversation on a lot of different topics, but let's, uh, let's just talk about anything else that you're working on right now or anything that you uh, would like to bring to the listener's attention.
1: Well, tomorrow I have the article about the eco-cities coming out. Um, it's just an introduction. This is so big that I will be covering this probably for weeks. Um, but it's happening all over the globe. They've already got them built. Uh, they want to move people into them immediately. And uh, like I said earlier, they're going to control how much energy you use, how much water you use. They want to get you out of your cars. Um, they want you to ride in rickshaws or walk or bike or take mass transit. Um, California just got some money from the government to build a, a high-speed railing system that will cover most of California. And that is Agenda 21. That's how we're going to move from one megacity to another through these high-speed railing systems. We won't be able to just drive our cars anymore. We'll be lucky if we have cars at all anymore. Or well, any don't worry.
0: Google will be driving it for you.
1: That's right. That's right. In Nevada, they they just gave um, the cars that drive themselves the ability to drive on, on the road. They're beta testing them right now in Las Vegas.
0: It just keeps getting crazier and crazier, doesn't it? Well, uh, how hopeful are you that we, uh, uh, broadly speaking, we in the alternative media have made a dent in these plans? Because as as we've said, I mean, so much of these plans rest on the peoples going along with them and buying into, for example, the green agenda. And I think more and more people are pushing back against that agenda. Do you think we have a chance of really derailing these plans, or are they just going to push them through as far as they can?
1: I think we should hope for the best and prepare for the worst um I, I i know that people are waking up but uh where i live in the northwest not enough people are waking up and they look at me funny when i go out in public and i i say well i'm not going to buy that because it's, it's meat glued or it's got pink slime in it or uh, you, you sprayed that with carbon monoxide to make it look pink
0: all right you, uh, you actually care what's in your food you're so strange
1: I am, and I do get the looks for it. <laughs> and they know me where I normally shop. They're like, "Oh, there, there she goes."
0: Yeah, well, that's- but
1: I, 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 I want to just interject conversation with people, um, even if they think I'm nuts. They will go home and look it up.
0: That's exactly right. We lead by example each and every day, everywhere we are, and if we don't take this information and make it a part of our lives and spread it out to others, what's the point of it? So absolutely, my hat's off to you in that endeavor and in all of these articles that you're writing. Once again, OccupyCorporatism.com, a great resource. I hope people out there are checking it out. So on that note, Suzanne Posel, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. And thank you to all of you out there for listening in. Once again, uh, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com and the servers seem to be working fine right now, so the website should be up and running. Let me know how it's working for you. On that note, we'll, uh, we'll see you again tomorrow night, so 23 hours from now, same time, same channel. I'll look forward to it. And until then, thank you for listening and take care.